Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of the 21 News Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Justin Mitchell. As adults worry about everything from higher prices at the gas pump and the grocery store to talk about things like nuclear war and images of destruction in Ukraine all over screens everywhere, it's young children who pick up on all of that stress. Now, since they don't understand these issues, they just pick up on the tension on an intuitive level and it leaves them sometimes in a state of distress or confusion. So how can adults deal with all of these pressures and remain informed without causing an undue burden on their kids? So with us today is, is a familiar face, Dr. David Sharilla. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, well, thank you. Good afternoon. So. You know, it's nothing new that we, we live in stressful times. We have, especially over the last couple of years, it does seem that we're in another period of this escalating tension. I, you know, it, it's everything from the war in Ukraine and some of the almost doomsday scenarios you hear talked about, not to mention just the images of it. But then back here, things like, you know, gas prices, people are probably talking about their household budgets a little more around the house, things like that, that are squeezing them maybe. And I think maybe they think that there's a tendency to think that their kids are shielded from it. But little kids tend to pick up on tension, whether it's verbalized or not, don't they? They sure do. I mean, uh, especially younger children, because they um, look to us, they look to adults and it's like, if it's okay, with mom and dad, then it's okay with me. So uh, if they get any sense that you're stressed or tense, and you know they can pick us up by how you communicate, what you communicate. Uh, you know, if mom and dad are having a discussion about how they're going to be concerned about paying bills this month, uh, if they hear somebody on television say they're concerned about nuclear war, all of this stuff then settles in in their little uh, brains, and then begins to percolate, and then it becomes something that they may become anxious about and uh, because they feel uh, sort of helpless, like no control. And they look to mom and dad and they say, if mom and dad are upset, then these are the people that I go to. So these are the people that help me uh, relax, help me feel safe, help me feel secure. And if they're tense, then what does that mean for me? So how does a parent sort of balance that? I mean, obviously, everybody feels stress, everybody feels tension, and you can't just sort of push that out of your, out of your brain. So what are some ways to, to especially age-appropriate ways to handle it? Because as, as you mentioned, it's especially younger kids who don't understand. They just pick up on the vibe. So at what age should they just, you know, avoid things versus when is it time to talk to them about them? And, uh, and how do you just manage the fact that you're just not feel you, you are as an adult feeling pressure, you're feeling stress, you're not really able to just fake that? Well, I, I, there's a, yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. And there's a lot there. The first thing is take your cue from your child, you know, all parents, if you have three or four kids or even two kids, um, you know the one are the ones that are going to be more anxious. You know the ones that are going to be potentially more upset with these kinds of uh, this kind of information and so on and so forth. So you want to be on uh, vigilant to make sure that they're okay. And the other thing that you want to do is you talk about, it, you know. And again, I don't think that parents have to say, "All right, today we're scheduling the time and we're going to talk about the war between Russia and Ukraine." Or we're going to talk about inflation right. later on tonight. 
you know, it's just if they say something, it's it's like moments. They're episodes. Uh, and, and, and if someone says, Mommy, what does that mean, nuclear war? You know, so then that's an opportunity to listen and to share and to provide them with information. The younger the child, the briefer the explanation. You, know, you don't need to provide a lot of details. It might be something that, that, you know, over time people have developed various weapons that can harm you. And some of these weapons can have more harm than others. And I think that that would be sufficient. You don't need to go into radiation and so on and so forth. You know, uh, if they talk about inflation, then you can explain that in a way that mommy and daddy are going to have to make some changes about how we buy stuff because of that. And sometimes they won't necessarily come to you and say, I mean, it'd be a perfect world where they'd come to you and say, what's what's inflation? I'm worried about it. It sounds like you're worried about it. But aren't there often more subtle things you can watch for with your kids? You know, I, I have a daughter who there's a sort of a silly voice she puts on, but she's not putting it on because she feels silly. She's putting it on as like a coping mechanism. And I know she's worried about something. Sometimes I know some kids will just kind of do one of these things with their hands where they're just nervously fidgeting with them. So do you need to just sort of be more attuned to how your kids manifest stress and maybe proactively talk to them? Yes, I think, and when I said vigilant, it's a time, uh, especially during some times when they're more stressful than others, but you wanna pay attention to any changes in your child's mood, in their behavior, uh, or their habits, like eating habits, sleep habits. You know, if they are affable, outgoing, fun-loving, and all of a sudden they seem sullen, somber, uh, sad, you know, and again, most kids, some kids will not share with you how they're feeling, so you have to infer how they're feeling from their behavior. In uh, younger kids may start acting out. You know, you get a, you gave a great, good example. They may become more restless, more fidgety, difficulty with more concentration. May even act out. They may become more oppositional and defiant. Uh, you know, and you're kind of scratching your heads like that doesn't sound like Johnny. I mean, that doesn't seem like him. And that might be an opportunity then to open a discussion with them, you know, and to start talking. And as you mentioned, to be proactive. The best thing that parents can do uh, is to reduce the amount of information that they're hearing that is, is, is stressful and to continue to provide routines so that bedtimes stay the same, homework times stay the same, uh, you know, meal times stay the same. All of that stuff, routine provides structure, structure translates to feelings of security. Now, and you now you mentioned when they they get more oppositional too, um, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that poses its own challenge. Because as we've said, the adults are already stressed out and trying to help the kids not pick up as much on it. But if they are picking up on it, you know, a five or six year old throwing a tantrum can quickly escalate things if it's not handled if it's not handled right because it's extra stress on the adults too. It's I, I can't. I can't deal with this right now. And then you start, you know, there's a, a tendency to want to go straight to discipline for it. But maybe there's a there's a de-escalation or something. I mean, what, what's your advice in a situation like that where the kid's well, just I, throwing a tantrum? Yeah, I, I think implied in your, your question is the fact that when we are stressed as adults, we tend to be more short. Yes. Uh, you know, we're likely to respond uh, over the top. Uh, as opposed to what might be more typical and during more routine times. 
yeah, a little kid, you know, a little kid who's clearly showing some signs or even being a little, you know, acting out a little, if I'm calm, I'm more likely to say, you know, what's going on? And, and let's talk this out and let's even do some breathing exercises or any of the things that we know really kind of work. But if I'm already, at, you know, if I'm at my wits end already and now they're pushing too, I'm probably more likely to, you know, scream, get in your room or something like that. Well, that's not really helping though. Right. So that, mean, that means that we have to take breaks. We have to perhaps do things during the day that we might not, you know, like we're going to go outdoors today. We're going to take a walk. We're going to do something different, you know. We're going to do something that helps relieve stress for all of us. You know, we're going to take a trip uh, and get some ice cream tonight. That's something that we don't usually do. You know, those kinds of activities tend to um, help de-stress everybody. You know, it's something different, something uh, unlike whatever is um, generally happening. So, building in those kind of breaks during the day, physical activity is an excellent antidote stress so the more that you can uh, even as adults stay physically active do physically active things with the children I think that's very important but that's a very good point because if we're so we have to check ourselves we have to make sure like I need to decompress you know before I go into that room and uh, you know they're in their bedroom messing it up and throwing stuff around it's like I need to take a few breaths you know I need to calm myself before I go in there or, you know, you might say, hey, Dad, I think it's your turn. You need to go in. You know, I've been with them all day. Or, uh, Mom, you need to go in because I've been with them all day. So you kind of tag team a little bit uh, if you have that ability uh, so that you don't overuse Now, a lot of what we've been talking about has been geared towards the, the, the younger children. But can you break down sort of from an age-appropriate level at what point should we talk maybe in more detail about some of the things that uh, that are going on? At what point is there more, you know, responsibility that the, the you know, let's say a teenager can take on? What is the way to approach it at different age levels? I, I think, you know, certainly when you start, um, kids start to get into middle school, it becomes more appropriate to provide more detail. And I always tell parents, it depends on the child. Some, some middle schoolers don't really want a whole lot of discussion about this, and some want a lot of discussion. You know, so again, you take your cue from your children. Some adolescents would, and some adolescents don't. You know, obviously, an adolescent, a 16-year-old, you're going to get into a different conversation than you would for a 10-year-old. But nonetheless, that's a conversation. You know? And so uh, as the kids get older, you might say, for example, that's an interesting question. You know, why don't we take a look at the history between countries? You know, let's take a look at different kinds of things and see if we can find out more information about the backstory of all of it. That puts them into, it, it, what it does is it gives them more information, but it also gives them a sense of control. I have been recommending to parents that have adolescents is try to get them involved with a lot of humanitarian efforts. You know, organizations from from uh, children to children, those kinds of things, that help them get more involved and help them get more involved in a proactive manner and, and a positive. It also probably, I would I would imagine, helps when you discuss the history between whether it's between countries or historical parallels to things. I, I would think that when you get to to adolescence, much like in adulthood, when it starts to feel like everything is falling apart 
those I, I know for myself, those historical parallels remind me that everything we're seeing now that feels like it's uncharted, we have been through all of it, even pandemics, even you know all of this we've done before, which means there's there is another there's an out there's an there's an end to it there's there's some way to the other side so you do you don't feel control but you do feel a little less like it's all spiraling <laughs> right i think that information gives you some perspective and that perspective helps with how you're feeling and helps with control i i, I like to use in fact i've been using it a lot lately and i used it in my office yesterday with, with some of the kids who are anxious is talking about the difference between possibility and probability. Is it possible that a meteor can hit the Earth? Yes. What's the probability? Well, very slim. You know, so some of the anxious kids, they like that because they can think, well, yeah, it is possible, but what is the probability? And so I think making those kinds of distinctions helps, um, it provides perspective, and perspective provides knowledge, and knowledge helps. Well, Dr. Shirella, I thank you for being with us this afternoon. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Thank you, Justin. You take care. Have a nice day. You too. To see you. Bye.